Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Tuesday, August the 24th, and we gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and continue to connect the dots from the Old Testament to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 10. In chapter 9, we spoke about how we have a purified conscience. We are able to clearly see how our relationship with God the Father is perfect on account of Christ, the one and final sacrifice for your sins. And in chapter 10, the author expands on this hope. He continu- one, of the, one of the joys of this uh, book of Hebrews is the author seems to repeat himself. He compares, showing Jesus is greater than the high priests and Moses and others, but he repeats himself in the important aspects of our Christian walk, which is today one, hit us once again that Christ has redeemed the world and the main focus is the forgiveness we have in him. How important is it for that to be repeated? Every single day, every single day that we live in this earth. For in these last days, the Son speaks to us today, and he speaks to us by his word. The gifts are ready, ready for you. A special thanks to our friends from Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us be strengthened by God's word, we have with us regular guest, Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO. Pastor Lekomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Good good to be back, Brady, and, and uh, excited about the fact that you and I are actually going to get to meet face-to-face this Friday, face-to-face. right? <laughs> it is uh, going to be glorious. So let's do the announcement now. This Friday, sure. I've been telling everyone at KFUO Studio, you're all invited <laughs> to come up to Minnesota. <laughs> and this Friday, and for you, our listeners, you're invited as well. Uh, Friday, August the 27th at 1130. And did I say that right? 1130? Yep, 1130. Yep, yeah. At Hogan Brothers. 1130, yep. 1130. Uh, Hogan Brothers in downtown Northfield, Minnesota. If you end up on a campus of Carleton College, that's not right. If you end up on the campus of St. Olaf College, that's not right. Go downtown by the river, Hogan Brothers, 1130. Greatest sandwiches you can ever have right there. Join us. We'll be wearing our KFO shirts, right? There you go. Yep, yep. So you'll be able to see clearly who we are. So And, yep, and you know... Yeah. Someone did tell me if you if you walk into a room, you can almost tell which ones are the Missouri Synod Lutheran pastors. I've, someone told me that that you can just you can just sniff it out. You can tell, so that's probably going to be true too. Well, yeah, I guess we should take more showers. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Who knows? But anyways, give so, us an update. What's going on for you and your family? Oh uh, well, we actually took a trip back to uh, the St. Louis area for my daughter's birthday. Uh, but we are obviously back in Northfield now. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be hard for you and I to get together this <laughs> Friday. Right. But no, things things are going going well with us. And again, we really are. And if anybody wants to come and say hi, uh, we we will be there. And uh, it, you know, we know each other, uh, but we've had ear to ear meetings, but we've never had a face to face meeting. So we'll we'll look forward to that. And that is and that's what's really fun about KFUO is that that we are able to do this remotely. Because um, if I'm right, uh, Pastor, when you started working with KFUO, and because you've been doing this a long time, I mean, it was face to face almost all the time. Am I right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would go into the studios there in, in uh, uh, Clayton uh, at that time, and now it's, uh, I don't even know where it is now. <laughs> I never go down there anymore. <laughs> but it in St. Inter- Louis. Yeah, in the International, International Center, Center yeah, of the yeah. Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Yes, uh, that is where And, and our I miss that, and, and mm-hmm. we look forward to the time when when uh, we get over COVID, because that was ironic. We already made that switch, and then COVID came in, and it was almost like God said, I, I, I know there's going to be some problems, but we're going to keep getting the gospel out. I, I've got a whole new program and plan you can use, so we can have great people like you, Brady, off in the distances of Sartell, Minnesota, and people literally, I, I'm sure you talk to people all over, all over the country, uh, and what a wonderful blessing the Lord has given us from what used to be just a handful of people that lived in the St. Louis area. That's all the people that could really do it. Although we did have people on the phone even sure. in those days. Uh, sure. But, yeah. What a, what a blessing it is. And and why we gather together is is a study of, of God's Word. And so today we are studying Hebrews chapter... Chapter... What chapter are we on? Chapter 10. 10. Sorry, I had a moment there. I was thinking of Hogan <laughs> Brothers sandwiches. Uh, yeah, Hebrews chapter cool. 10. Yeah, exactly. So it as is we getting close to... to lunchtime, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is. So, Pastor, can you begin our time and ask for the Lord's blessings and prayer? Oh, Lord, sometimes your scripture is just so crystal clear and so simple that it might even overwhelm us. And so we thank you for this very, very specific teaching that it's all once for all it's been done for us by jesus christ so help us to hear this to take it to heart Uh, allow this truth that there is no need for sacrifice anymore to uh, give us comfort and hope and also change the way we live our daily lives in jesus name we pray amen amen if you have any questions for us today as we study Hebrews chapter 10, drop us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or give us a call, 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Pastor, as we've been um, going through Hebrews, it is, like I said, it's like a, a continuous repeat mode you know, that you would have on a music or a song or something. You continue it. It's yeah. repeating itself, but doing it in a such rich language that you don't mind that he's repeating. It's just like how we have every Sunday. We are receiving the same message, law, gospel, forgiveness of sins, all on account of Christ. And so, Pastor, if you come to chapter 10, I would say he's repeating himself, but in a way that is, is, is like you say, crystal clear. What are your first thoughts as we look at Hebrews 10 to help us out this morning? Well, so Brady, the first thing that struck me is unlike a lot of texts that you and I share together where where there might be three or four different messages to get from that text, I mean, we've fundamentally, like you said, got one point here, and that is that we don't need the multiple sacrifices that we used to have because now we have the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ that that, that does everything necessary. There's no more. it, It is the perfection is the other word he uses. Uh, um, and I was just thinking what what this because this is the letter to the Hebrews and and what this mm-hmm. must have meant to the Jews who who were reading this to the people who had been followers of Judaism and had converted, and, and I think this is probably a really per, a very important book for them, particularly this chapter, 
because because put it in our perspective what if what if we changed our religion from christianity and, and it meant the things that we were so comfortable with that we had grown up with were no longer there no more mm-hmm. christmas celebrations no more easter uh even more no, no more baptisms no more lord's supper i think that would kind of leave us with a feeling of emptiness maybe a feeling of why uh, and, and so uh, the author here is, is explaining, this is why, because uh, those things were a shadow, and we'll discuss mm. what that word means, uh, but we don't need them anymore. They, they, they have no purpose, because they pointed to what Christ has already done and accomplished in the sacrifice. And I know there's a dispute. Did, did you guys talk about the dating of Hebrews when you started this off, Brady? Yeah, I mean, Dr. Klein did talk about it, but uh, uh, you can repeat, because we always need reminded. What do you have? Well, I thought what was what was interesting is that there's some that argue that it's before the destruction of the temple, and right. it's some that argue that it's after the destruction mm-hmm. of the temple, and yet they use the same argument, <laughs> the same uh, evidence to prove those. So, so those that want to say that it's before point out, well, there's no mention anything of the destruction of the temple here. Right. And you would think he would make that point, because obviously that's what he's talking about. We don't need a temple. We don't need sacrifices anymore. Mm-hmm. And yet... Uh, the others, the one who say that's after the destruction of the temple, would point out that he never uses the word temple in, in the text, uh, the word naos, which you would think with a, a letter addressed about all the temple practices, you, you would have used that word. And, and, and so they would argue it's almost like, well, the temple's not here anymore, so we don't need to talk about it. But we do need to address why. We're not doing these things anymore. And, and so I think it doesn't matter if it was written before. It was certainly no. preparing the Hebrew people for what had to be a shock. Because I don't think we, we appreciate that as Christians. The, the destruction of the temple totally changes Judaism, and it has never been changed back. Because what right. we don't understand is, is for the people uh, at Jesus' time, the only place you could worship God, the only place you could worship God was at the temple. Um, you know, we read about the synagogue, but, but if you study the, the history of the synagogue, the synagogue was not a place to worship God like our churches are. A synagogue mm-hmm. is a place where you came and learned the Torah because uh, you couldn't worship God at, at the synagogue because you could only really worship God at his temple. So imagine what would happen if the one place you could worship God no longer existed. That would have to really make some adjustments, wouldn't it? Uh, and, and that's what the author of Hebrews has pointed out. Yeah, there's a reason why there's no temple anymore, because we don't need it. It was a shadow, and now we have, well, the English word here is the, the reality, uh, which is Jesus Christ suffering and death on the cross. And it, it But is what we need to do, Brady, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I don't need to interrupt you, but, but you've got to give me time, because, okay, that's what it meant to the Jews. But what does this mean right. to us as right. Christians today? So we need to have some time to talk about that, but let's, let's save that for later. Yeah, and no, no, I appreciate that. You took a long breath, by the way. So I thought, well, wow. I mean, he, he's I ready to continue, but <laughs> that breath didn't mean anything. No, no you know, you've worked <laughs> with me long enough. No, <laughs> I'm just Other, catching my we're, breath. We're in good shape. Yeah, we're in good shape. Yeah. So one of the one of the interesting things about that is that oh, so it was 70 A.D. when the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem, and so you always have a lot of controversy of time range and everything. And then you go back to First Second Kings, where we were before this point, and you do see that the destruction of the temple, and you hear the grieving that you still feel in Nehemiah years later. And to compare it to today is is that reality of if your church was destroyed tomorrow, 
and you 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 get a glimpse of this because I've worked with our district and you've you kind of sat with congregations that are looking at possibly closing as a congregation. I mean, mm-hmm. even if they're in the middle of nowhere, which is very common, at least in Minnesota North World, that it is a big time grieving. Um, recently, a pastor uh, is, is starting to begin that process with the congregation. And and he asked the church one time, how many of you were married here? And it was like, let's say there are 20 people there, like 17 of them raised their hands. And so this is not this is we have to understand the grief, but also how to address it is the same way is that this church. Yes, that close that church might close. But Christ is still alive and well he is sitting at the right hand of god and that is how he is speaking um to these folks that the temple might be gone but christ still reigns on high his sacrifice is the final sacrifice so you don't have to have those sacrifices in the old testament you know in the temple itself because he has done it all for you so i think that relates with us today is to realize that our lord jesus reigns over all things and that he has done it all. So that's that was some of my reflections as I read this text this morning. So are we ready to go? Well, Brady, no, because I, I <laughs> see you've touched, you, well, seriously, you touched my heart with that comment because mm-hmm. that's exactly the point, isn't it? And, and, and we're having the same thing in Southern Illinois. The, the rural parishes are just closing because there's no people. The people have all moved towards the urban areas. But, but you're right. It makes us sad because, yeah, that's where I was baptized. That's where I was confirmed. Mm-hmm. But, but, of course, the comfort is, yeah, but Christ, the one who is at the heart of all of those things, he's still alive and well, and you can still find him. There's still plenty of churches where the word will be preached and, and children will be, and adults will be baptized and, and, and the supper will be given. And, and, man, I never thought of it in that respect until you said it, Brady. That's what he's saying to these Jews, isn't he? He's saying, no, you haven't lost God. I know it feels like that because the place that you—see, that's the difference. We always know we could go to a different church. But for the Jewish mindset, no, there is no other place to go but the temple. Yeah. That's the oh. only place you can worship God. Mm-hmm. So now you've taken that away. But you're absolutely right, Brady. That's the point he's making. Oh, no, no, no. God is still with you, Jewish people, you Hebrews. Only he's to be found in a different place now. And it's a better place. It really is. He's to be found in, in the word of Jesus Christ. Well, this is good news. So let's let's dig into the text, and and the Holy Spirit will lead us and show us Christ once again. So, reminder to our listeners: we'll be reading from the English Standard Version of Holy Scripture, Hebrews chapter ten, and we'll begin with the first four verses. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities. It can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins." Now, Pastor, there's a lot in there in the first four verses uses language like shadow, which we've had before. It speaks about drawing near, which we see continuously throughout the book of Hebrews. Um, what is he saying in these verses? Well, well so you're, you're right. Uh, uh, th- this first verse particularly is filled with, with words that you have to unpack. 
Uh, so you have shadow, which is actually the first word uh, in, in the Greek text. Uh, and, and, and of course, that's the point. Uh, it's something that it kind of gives you the form. You can kind of recognize something, but it's not the thing. It's not that this, this is the same word that the Greeks would use uh, for, for the spirits of the dead. Uh, in fact, in some of the old English, you talk about the shade, the shade of someone who's passed away. And mm. so, you know, in the supernatural, oh, I, I can see this ghostly figure, but it's not the, it's not the person. You can't go and you can't hold them, right? It's the same problem the disciples had when they saw Jesus after the resurrection. They thought he was a shade. But no, no, I'm not a shade, Jesus says, because come here, touch me, hold me. Right. Let's have something to eat together. So, so you got to realize that's a powerful word when he says the namas the law uh, and, and if you read through Hebrews the Namas is the law of Moses that's how he refers to it over and over so it's this stuff again we grew up with these traditions these uh, adiaphras actually what the confessions would have called them uh, mm -hmm. um, but they're not real they're not real they're just a shadow they, they, they're, they're good they, they pointed ahead Paul says right Paul uses the same word in Colossians they, they pointed ahead but the reality the fulfillment is in Christ uh, this this good things that he talks about, uh, that's pragmata. And he uses that earlier in, in Hebrews 6, 18, when he talked about the promise of God and the oath that God made to Abraham. That was the two things. He said, you can rely on those two things because God doesn't lie. And now he's referring to those things again. See, those are the good things. The promise that God makes, the oath that God makes. And man, Brady, now you got my brain working because mm. that's the problem, right? He made these promises, but now the temple's gone. And that was all part of the promise. What's going on here? Has he changed mm. his promise, see? No, 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 no. The good things, the, those things we talked about, they're still there. In fact, it's interesting when you get to the next chapter, he begins about faith being the hope and the things. It's the same word that he's using here, see? Uh, and then finally, we have this, this true form which is what the ESV uses. And that's not a bad translation, but, but the word in the Greek is a word that, that we use in English. It's, it's the word icon. You mm -hmm. know that word, don't mm -hmm. you? Uh, which means yeah. image. But, but see, the thing is, is when we think of an image, we think of something that's less than what's real, right? Uh, mm -hmm. but, but that isn't the mindset of the Greeks and the Romans nor the Jews. Uh, an icon is the very thing. It's the very thing revealed to us. Uh, okay, so Paul says, oh, uh, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And again, Colossians, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn mm -hmm. of all creation. So you see, he's not saying something less, but he's saying, that's, you can see it, it's right there. And, and I guess going back to the resurrection, see, that's what Jesus was. The resurrected Jesus is the image of God. He's right there. You can hold him, talk to him, touch him, and what have you. So, so can you see that he's, he's just saying, all these sacrifices, all these things that you thought were so crucial and important, they really were nothing they were really just the things pointing to the reality, which is Jesus Christ. And then he goes on in these verses that you read to point out how you should have known that because you mm. did these sacrifices year in and year out, and it really didn't change anything, did it? No, no, you just had to go back and do them again the next time. 
And one of the, and you're exactly right, that it was the same, you had to keep going back and back, and the high priest had to sacrifice more and more and get all this blood all over the place, and he had to keep doing this and doing this and doing this. And it brings me back to chapter 8, when it talks about the high, Jesus is the high priest of a better covenant, because yes. in 8 verse 5, he talks about the high priest, he talks about the holy places. I mean, he doesn't say the word temple, but obviously he's talking about the temple. In verse 5, he says, they serve as a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. And and that really is helpful to show, either if the temple's destroyed or if it's not destroyed, to showing you don't need that, not in a flippant way to say you guys did it all wrong. No, that was only, that was never supposed to be the end of the story. This was to be there to point you to the coming form, as you said so well. And I could not help, as you were talking, to think about this true form of these realities to not think about the incarnation. You know, oh, yeah. the word made flesh. It just kind of just kind of came to me as you said that, because it's not a form or a shadow of sorts. It's the actual thing, the image. It's right there, right in front of us. And so it, it, it and then he points us to this reality of the sacrifices continually had to be redone and redone and redone. Um, but the, the reality was, is that those, those the, the bulls and the goats themselves never were going to give you forgiveness. The only way they did is because of the promised Messiah that was still yet to come. So if you if you sacrifice those bulls and goats now, it is just you sacrificing bulls and goats. That's it. It's not doing anything for you without the promise of the Messiah. And, and see, now you've also made me think about what this says to us today. Hmm. Everyone listening to me right now, baptism is not a shadow. The Lord's Supper is not a shadow. Hmm. Now, sad to say, there are Christians who regard them and treat them that way, as if they're just some kind of symbolic thing. But no, these things really change things. When you got baptized, things changed for you. You were literally different than what you were before you were baptized. When we take the Lord's Supper... That is not a shadow of his body and blood. It is, well, we use the word reality here, right? That is the real, and what comes from that is also real too. I, I, don't you love this? It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Mm -hmm. You should know that. I think everyone, I think all true believing Jews did know that. In fact, that was probably the puzzle. Well, obviously you're not going to forgive sins by killing a bull or a goat. That's what pagans believe. We don't believe that. But I, I hope our people understand that when we take the Lord's Supper, no, 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 that's not a shadow. That is a reality. You literally have received the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And that is so hard for us to grasp. And indeed, I don't think apart from the Holy Spirit can anyone grasp that. But that, that's the point he's making. As you said, these are better things than what we ever had before. Uh, and God keep us from falling back into those old ways of shadows. It really, I mean, these first four verses, this whole chapter, obviously, um, we often will go from chapter seven, where it talks about how he is the propitiation of sins and that he is making intercession for us. And, and we tend to run to chapter 11, where you get to the great faith. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that people do this literally, but I know for my mind, chapter seven always sticks in my mind in Hebrews and chapter 11 um, really jumps to that. Or if you go to 10, where it talks about the marriage bed and so forth and later on this text, but just to hear these verses is just a great reminder for us that 
Um, stop trying to work out your salvation in the way of salvation. You know, he talks about yeah. working out salvation, but not for the sake of, you know, to, to staying in the faith. Here he's saying, don't do the continual sacrifices because that's been done. In the past, it needed to be done because the promised Messiah was still there. It was pointing to that shadow and copy and all this good imagery. But here he's saying, don't do that. All right, it's not going to do any good. You're just you're just killing animals for no good purpose. You're probably not eating them. So what's the point? You know, um, he's really pointing to our hope is in Christ because he's done it all. Any last thoughts before we move on? Yeah, there's just two words that we need to point out because they're going to come up again. One is the word once. He talks mm-hmm. about having once been cleansed. We're going to have a little variation of that word that, that that's much more powerful. But that's what they did. It was a one once thing. Uh, and then the other word is make perfect those who draw near, because that's the great word in the Greek, because it means to have everything complete and finished and done, everything accomplished, okay? And, and that's his point. Now, these sacrifices didn't do that, did they? They, they didn't complete things. They didn't finish things. In fact, they, they were, well, I think that comes up later. They were a reminder that we were still sinners, that there needed to be a completion that hadn't been accomplished yet. So I'm ready to go on. Uh, whatever else you have there, Brady. <laughs> right, let's continue to move forward. As is commonly done in the book of Hebrews, it's done at least 35 times, if not more. He goes back to the Old Testament to be able to remind them of what I'm speaking relates to what was in the past. So we're going back to prove what we need to prove for today. And then also for our sake, he goes back to prove what it is in the future in our day as well. So verses five through seven. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, You have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Now here he he quotes from Psalm 40, and he uses some unique language. And Pastor, we have about two minutes left before our break, so I just want to make sure we touch on this a little bit. He quotes the psalm, and what is this psalm, and what is the author trying to tell us about Christ speaking? So, so... uh... What he's reminding us, and, and again, I, the believing Jews understood this, that, that you don't get at God by making sacrifices, but the sacrifices were pointing ahead to something. Uh, now, now, I think probably they would have heard this as, as you need to give your body to God, which is to say it's mm, about mm-hmm. obedience and service to the Lord. But of course, the author of Hebrews is saying, but it's actually more than that, and that it's pointing ahead to the Messiah. And I bet believing Jews understood that. I bet they read this and understood, oh, yes, because God's promises to Messiah. That's the body that's been prepared for me. Uh, and, and this Messiah, and of course, that's the big thing with Jesus, he's going to do, right? That's the thing that the Gospels emphasize, that he is obedient to his Father in all things, even unto death on the cross. Mm. And so as we look at this, I think, I think we'll take our break because we read this psalm, talks about sacrifices, um, um, I have you know, obedience and so forth. And I really am struggling a little bit in this realm is, okay, I get it. In our world today, we're not going anywhere to sacrifice bulls and goats and all this kind of stuff. So how in the world does this possibly relate to today? That's where one of the struggles I think we have sometimes in the book of Hebrews. And this is what I want us to unpack after our break. But right now we take our break. We are studying Hebrews chapter 10 with Pastor John Lekomsky, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 715 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. And welcome back. We are studying Hebrews chapter 10 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And as we look at this chapter, it's, it's something that we can easily say, oh, I get it. Oh, I understand. But I'm, I'm kind of wondering if we do, um, because we can say, and I see this in a Bible class, you're going through this and, and Pastor Lekomsky going crazy. Everyone's just like, wow, he's, he's on fire. He's quoting shadow. He's talking forms. He's talking Greek. He's talking this. And at the end of it, they're like, well, yeah, I get it. We get it. I mean, it's no big deal. We, we, I, Pastor, when I was growing up, Pastor never sacrificed a cow. You know, he never sacrificed a goat in church <laughs> or anything like that. Obviously, I get it because this is, you know, how is this relevant for us today? And I think this is an important question that we should answer as we look at this whole chapter, not only verses we go through today, but tomorrow as well. So, Pastor, how would you address that and say, I get it, Pastor. We don't sacrifice bulls. We're good, you know. Um, and and I think I think we're missing something when we talk that way. Any thoughts? All right, well, let, let's get at this in kind of a roundabout way, way if you don't mind. Because it's interesting, you know, we're quoting the Psalms. Of course, we're quoting God here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's the inspiration of David, you know, and it says, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired. And I'm thinking, well, of course you've desired them. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the whole business of the Old Testament. There's, I can. We're doing Leviticus, right? Are we doing Leviticus? We are going to do Leviticus after this. Yes, I'm so excited. All right. So, so there you go. It's all going to be laid out. All the sacrifices is, that God God desires. Every single sacrifice yeah. ever will so, be laid out. So yes. What, what do you What do you mean? You You haven't desired. So let me tell you a quick story because Lynn and I are doing Second Chronicles in our our morning Bible study. Oof, good for and you. We just had we had the story of Hezekiah, who of course reforms the church. You know, cleans it up, reestablishes the temple, uh, begins all the practices, and he has a Passover celebration that the text says was second only to the celebration when Solomon dedicated the temple. Twenty nine thousand animals were sacrificed. Okay, so don't tell me you don't desire sacrifices because Hezekiah obviously thought the more the better. 
And then you, you, you remember what happens the very next chapter after that? Now, I know you haven't memorized the Bible. My wife has. See, she could answer oh, this no. question, but it's That's not good. a fair question, even to pastors. But do you remember what happens in the very next chapter after this great sacrifice? Uh, no, go please continue okay, on. I'll ask your right. wife. Uh, no, I wouldn't because I, I wouldn't know either, yeah. except that I just read it. Uh, <laughs> the the king of uh, Assyria, uh, Sennacherib, comes and, and besieges the city, and I'm thinking, <laughs> what? But these people have just done everything you've asked, and they've done it to to an unbelievable amount, and you allow this wicked, evil man to come and oppress them? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But of course, right. it makes perfect sense because God doesn't care if you sacrifice 29,000 animals. God just cares that you love him and trust him. So how do we know whether you were really sacrificing these animals in love and trust of God or that you were just doing it because it's a ritual, a shadow? How do you know the reality of these things? Well, you put faith to the test. And sad to say, the truth is they weren't trusting God. And, and God said, that's okay, because you need to know that. That's the purpose of sacrifice, is to remind your sinners. Now let me show you what kind of God I am. And of course, he just totally obliterates uh, the Assyrians and does it miraculously by his own power without anything coming from Hezekiah or the people of Israel. So now, what does that mean to us? People, if you're going to church because you think it's the sacrifice we, we need to make for God, and, and, and by golly, what time is your church service, Brady? Nine o'clock. Oh, well, you're no good. You're no help. <laughs> <laughs> that, we, we're going down to Fairbow, and their church is at nine o'clock, too. Man, I don't get up till nine o'clock now that I'm retired, Brady. <laughs> what a sacrifice it is to get up and drive down. The, they're going to go to 1030 in September. It'll be okay then. But right now, during Oof. the summer. But, but you, you hear what I'm saying? People... Yeah. People, it's not a sacrifice. And if that's why you're doing it, then you're fools. You're treating it like it's a shadow. Mm. You don't understand what happens there in church on a Sunday morning. That is the real thing. Yeah, that's the forgiveness mm. of sins. That's the, the faith-given word and, and the sacrament that's going to get you through the next week, not only in terms of your own hope and your own confidence, but also in terms of loving and caring for the people around you. Because let me tell you right now, you will not love people if you think it's a sacrifice to love them. You will resent it. You will hate it. And you will, at every moment, you'll try to turn aside from that love. It's only when you know how much God loves you that you can truly love the people around you. Not because it's a great sacrifice to do so, but because, well, why, why wouldn't you want to love someone the way God has loved you? So that would be mm-hmm. my application here. Right. Uh, I think the church, that's the problem. We are full of people that still think it's about sacrifices, and it isn't. Uh, as we'll see in a moment, the once and all sacrifice has been done. You don't need to make any more sacrifices, people. It's one of those uh, small comments that we will make, and I think we, we, we will all fall into this, which is why we need repentance yeah. and forgiveness every single day, is, you know, I've done my good deed for the day, 
is is a ah, comment. Now, now yes. all of that, I mean, a lot of it's done in jest, and this is where COVID has taught me anything that that God is working faith by the Holy Spirit in people's hearts in ways that I don't ever see. So yeah. when when you talk to people, listen to people, it's amazing the faith that they have. Um, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit's done in their lives in ways that I never knew until I actually was able to just sit and listen to them and to hear how God has blessed them and how can God continually works in their lives. And when you when you come come to worship, like you said so well, that this isn't your sacrifice to the Lord, although it is our time to give praise. It is God's sacrifice and the benefits of that sacrifice coming upon you. So you don't think about yourself and what I'm doing here, but you're thinking about what God does for us. And you come as a sinner, you leave as forgiven. You know, you come as one broken, you come, you leave as one resurrected. I mean, this is the kind of language we have. And he's trying to address his people. It's not about the place. It's not about any of that. It is about he has done the sacrifice and all what we have is faith that he's already given to us. I mean, it's just a wonderful um, connection. And thank you for that connection you made as well. But we need to keep moving or else we're never going to get yeah. through these words. Um, um, I'm going to ask you once again, are you ready so that you don't interrupt yes. me? Yes, yes, we, we can move on. <laughs> all right, let's keep moving. Verses 8 through 10, verses 8 through 10. When he said above, you have desired you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I've come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So there's a lot of rhetorical thoughts happen here. His argumentation is a little bit hard to follow at times. How would you break down these verses? All right, well, so it's just, as you said, he's just repeating the same point over and over again, <laughs> that, that, that it's not the offerings, it's not the sacrifices. Uh, these were all required by the namas, again, by the law of Moses, that's right. But but we don't need that anymore because he has made the final offering. And they get this beautiful Greek word here, this once for all, okay? Uh, it, it's formed on the Greek word once that we had earlier, but it's it, it's got this little uh, uh, prefix to it that means not, not just once, but once and never again. It's complete. It's full. It's finished. It goes along mm. with the word perfect. Uh, that we had earlier too, and 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 that's the cool thing. Why are you working so hard to to make yourself better when you're already perfect? See, but I know why. Because you didn't think baptism was a reality. You thought it was a shade. See, and so you thought, well, now I got to do some more stuff because baptism was just just you know maybe meant a symbolized the. Hmm me or washed away my sins and the truth is no 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 paul says when you were baptized you, you died and rose with christ that's that's the reality okay and you cannot add to that what you can do is bear the fruit of it that's true that that is a possibility but you cannot add to that you cannot make yourself more baptized more dead in sin more resurrected you can you can bear the fruit of that but you cannot change that uh, and, and the thing that I think, because, you know, I love the language. I love the language. We need to know that when he says we have been sanctified, mm. that that is the same word that Hebrews has used over and over again and is translated holy. Okay, actually, it's the verb from the word agios to be holy. So I'd like to say we have been holified. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's an English word, but we have been holified. <laughs> Uh, so, so the point is, you need a holy place. You are the holy place, right? 
You have been holified. You know how this happens? Because we have a holy and august spirit. That's how it happens. Not because of you. You're nothing more than a fleshly sinner. But the Holy Spirit now has made you holy. Uh, and so if you're wondering about where I worship God, well, you are the temple of God, aren't you? That's the thing. So unlike the Jews who believed that you couldn't really pray to God unless you were there at the temple, now mm. we understand every day is a day of prayer. And, and I love the word you used earlier, praise. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I just wanted to point out, say, I, I loved it when you used the word praise, because when you get something you really like, have you got a birthday coming up, Brady? I do in October, yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm not going to give you a present. It's too late. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I might in October. <laughs> well, I, I can't, you know, I can't get something here from Amazon by Friday. I can't guarantee that. Uh, well, but, yeah. but when you get a present from somebody that you really, really like, and you knew the person thought about it. And, and don't you just, you're just full of thanks and praise, aren't you? You don't oh. have to say to yourself, I need to be thankful. You're just, you are, see? Uh, uh, so anyway, so that, yeah, that, that's the that's point good. we have here. We, we, he's made us holy. He's made us holy. Um, so, so to make that connection is how he's speaking is the sacrifice is one the old law is 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 gone i mean the law is obsolete yeah. as far as you know as you look at everything and this is a common theme throughout hebrews the gift that we receive is to be sanctified because jesus sacrifice has been done for you so done for the world yeah. once and for all you know it's it's over with it's done he's done it and so the gift is that we are made holy and for that um you know like you said there's gifts that you receive that just makes sense for you, you know? Um, and I, I, I can't even, can't think of one right offhand, but I know that moment where someone gives you something and you're like, that is exactly fits me. And for us as Christians, one of the great joys is that everyone in the room, when there's forgiveness of sins given, when there's a body and blood given, we can say just like a perfect gift given to you, that was for me. And it is perfect for me because, well, as we can say, I am made perfect through those same things. And that's one of the great things about worship. I mean, you can go to a football game and one person, you know, if you're sitting next to a, I went to a Yankee Twins game once and the guy with me was a Yankees fan. At the end of the game, guess what? One was happy and one was not. <laughs> and that gift was for me or for him. But when we come to worship, guess what? It's for all of us. And it is specifically made for you, you're a sinner. You need to be made holy. And what does our Lord do? He's made that final sacrifice for us. And that's one of the. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna get to Sunday. When when is church next Sunday? Okay, I got. I can't wait to get to it because this is gonna be a major theme as I look at it. In your thoughts? Yeah, and and and, and it's right there, right? It's the body uh, given for you. It's the blood shed for you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Wow, it's good stuff. Let's continue on. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, 11 through 14. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified here. I mean, I think this is, this is the heart of this whole chapter. Um, as you look at it, he's speaking about how he had to go repeatedly, but now it is done. 
that Jesus has gone to the right hand of God and his foot, you know, he's made, made his enemies the footstool. Mainly, I was looking at this, uh, Psalm 110, verse 1, talks about, you know, the footstool. That basically, when someone had the victory in war, they would go to the enemy, maybe the last person that they had to uh, take control over, and they'd put their, basically, their, their foot on their back or their neck or whatever to show that we have had the victory. And that's what Jesus did with, with, uh, with the devil, right? Saying, I have had the final victory and showing us that this is what he's done for us and he is therefore sanctifying us and made us holy in his sight. So this is just powerful language. Repeat it, doesn't need to be done because Jesus has done it all and he has had the final victory. Your thoughts? Yeah, and and, and so you get that emphasis again uh, uh, with that uh, perfected. He has perfected for Mm -hmm. all time. I I mean, he just is trying to think of every possible phrase he can think of to drive (laughs) through our our thick heads and into our hearts that have been softened by the Word of God, that it's all done, people. You are holified. You are holy. There's no more things to do. Uh, and, 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 and as we said before, that's the problem. Uh, even for us pastors, and I'm, I'm sure you, you find yourself in this sometimes thinking that there's one more thing you need to do to be holy in God's sights. And it's so easy to fall into that trap as a pastor because we never have everything done. Uh, I must say that's the thing I don't miss in, in my retirement because as a pastor, there was always somebody else to call on. Uh, some other sermon to write, some other Bible study to do. Uh, it's not like going to work in a factory where I put in my eight hours and I go home and it's done. Um, but no, please, people, if you're, if you're wrestling with that, uh, hear what Brady and I are saying. No, it's once for all. You are perfect. You are holy. Now, let us go out and let that show in our lives. That's true, but... But no, there's nothing more that needs to be done. The single offering, isn't that profound? A single mm-hmm. offering he has perfected for all time. And you know, see, that's the problem. And, and, and our forefathers in the Reformation pointed that out, that if you say you have to have Christ plus something, then you've, you've lessened Christ, haven't you? Then you've said that Christ really wasn't everything. Uh, he was something maybe, but now I have to do more. And gosh, it just bothers me because when you listen to Christians speak, that is still such a prevalent attitude, even amongst Lutherans. Well, even amongst myself sometimes. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's something where it, it comes out in small ways. Like you said, yeah. for us pastors, it happens, but it happens uh, for everybody is that we will bring up these sins or these brokenness realities that we have and we'll bring up in small ways. For example, yeah, I still, I still feel guilty about that. And one of our um, struggles as Christians is to be able to remind people, again, Jesus died for that. Um, that we will, and, and I know this as a father, and, and I'll, I'll share this again. I shared this last week, but my daughter, my ninth grade daughter, Avril is her name. Um, she is going to school in Missouri. She's at uh, St. Paul Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri right now. So oh, I, cool. I literally, <laughs> you know, uh, by the way, uh, parents who drop their kids off at college, my respect for you has increased tenfold um, because that's not easy. That That is very difficult. And one of the... Um, 
so she's there. Pray for her. Pray for all students who uh, in college and others who leave their families and move forward. And and it's a it's a real joy to see. But also, but a very difficult because the our, my old flesh and my sinful flesh and and the devil will kind of hit us and act like you know you didn't do enough. You know now your daughter's gone and you really didn't do enough. Did you really love her enough? Did you really forgive her enough? Did she, did she, is she going to forgive you? Those kind kind of language and that hits us all the time as a pastor. Am I visiting enough? As a pastor, am I preaching well enough? For you, am I am I good enough parent? Am I a good enough husband? Am I a good enough wife? All these things make us think that we have to continually um, sacrifice ourselves and others when the reality is Jesus has sacrificed for you. And that's a good reminder for us here where he says these words. If you look at these verses, 11 through 14, that he, uh, uh, verse 12, for all, he offered uh, for all time a single sacrifice. And he's sitting at the right hand of God. He's important. Waiting until his enemies will be the footstool. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Just showing us the deed is done. Stop sacrificing yourself because Jesus has made the sacrifice. Stop dying for the church or dying for others because Jesus has died for you. This is the, the great language we need to continually say is, I'm sorry. I think Jesus died for that. Maybe is, uh, well, that's how I do it sarcastically. That's probably not the best way all the time. But <laughs> it does get the point across that Jesus done it all. I'm sorry. In many ways, I've had one pastor tell me this. Brady, get over yourself. What is your deal? So <laughs> what are your thoughts, Pastor? <laughs> well, I, I, I do want to, I'm glad you mentioned the word waiting there too, though. Because everything yeah. I talk about is, is the reminder that we are still waiting. I mean, it's a done deal. There's nothing more you need to do. The once and for all sacrifice has been made. But we are in a waiting period now. It's not full. It's not accomplished, which is why we still see inadequacies. It's why when Mm. we take our children to school, and I had the exact same experience when we (laughs) took our daughter off to Eastern, no one told me it would feel like a funeral. We went home crying because it was just like, you know, uh, yeah. But that's right. So we're still waiting. But <laughs> but waiting. don't mis- misunderstand good. that. That doesn't mean that there's something. Yeah, what we need to do is to love and care for people. But but we don't need to do anything to bring the perfection, the 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 holifiedness, the, the sanctification. No, that's all been done. That's all been accomplished. Uh, and by the way, tell your daughter. I don't know if she's going to go to church there at at Concordia. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, tell her to look up Jerry Hartwig because that's that's yeah. my old stomping ground. My family comes from Concordia, oh. Missouri. Uh, oh my goodness! Walking horses, yeah, yeah. So I know oh. that area very, very well. So this is great, you know. And I love Missouri Senate history. So we will talk about this on Friday. But boy, I love LCMS history, and Concordia is the hub of Missouri oh, yeah. Senate history. But that's not the point here. So no, as we no. look at this, okay. let's. We have about six minutes left, here, Pastor. I want to get through these last verses, and once again, yep. to really hit home, how does this relate for us today? Because. Um, as the author of Hebrews repeats himself, it's important that we repeat ourselves as well, because like you said, the gift is specific for you. Verses 15 to the end, to verse 18. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I'll remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. 
So in that realm of, of uh, Old Testament and repeating himself, he, re- he uh, um, repeats from Jeremiah chapter 31, which he also did in chapter 8. What is he hitting here in these last verses? I think it's just wonderful. Pastor, what do you have? Well, so, so this is the thing. And, and, and uh, you know, God loves all Christians and anybody who believes in Christ, uh, you know, he will save. But I think the thing that in the Lutheran Church we have understood so well is that it's all about forgiveness, Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you and I can wrestle with the fact that we are so inadequate. And it doesn't take very long for us at all to realize, man, there are more things we could have done. There are things we should have done differently. There are things we did that we shouldn't have done. Uh, uh, but but that's why we need to remember that it's forgiven. That's what the that's what the sacrifice accomplished. The once and for all, the perfect, the sanctifying. It it gives us forgiveness. That's what it's all about. We are forgiven, and so even when we're all these other things, we're still loved. We're still forgiven. And don't you love this image? I, Jeremiah thirty one thirty one is my favorite passage in the mm. Old Testament because it has this picture of forgiveness that honestly, I don't understand. How is it that the omniscient God doesn't remember my sins? Because I remember, I remember things I did in third grade that I yeah. will not share on 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 air. <laughs> I remember, and, and isn't that remarkable? To think that that God doesn't. When God's laying out your day today, people, He's not thinking, "Oh, I remember what John did yesterday." Oh boy, are you going to get it today? No, yeah. no, that's not how He deals with us. It's not how He deals with the people around us either, which is probably important for us to remember that too. Because we're probably thinking, "Oh, I remember what you did," but we got to remember, no, God. God does it because it's it's forgiven. And you're right. This is just such a beautiful conclusion to this chapter, a reminder of what the once-for-all sacrifice accomplished. It means that every single thing we've ever thought, done, wrong, whatever, uh, it's, it's, it's gone. It literally is. That's what forgiveness does. It's literally blotted out. So even God doesn't remember it anymore. I would encourage our listeners... As you look at Hebrews, like Pastor Lekomsky said, we'll be going back to Leviticus here again. Um, and again, excuse me, first time actually in 10 years we've been able to do that on this program, is uh, the, the reality of the incomprehensible nature of how the author speaks. Because he is speaking about the the, the onceness for allness. I'll, I'll just can keep doing the nesses here. Yeah. Uh, the heavenliness that's incomprehensible for us to think about. What will heaven be like? Um, the forgiveness of, of of life. I mean, how how does he not remember our sins anymore? And this brings us back to that sacrifice piece where why do we sacrifice things in our lives for our neighbor, which is what God calls us to do, is because the sacrifice once and for all was for that person too. Um, and not for the sake of us dying um, unneedingly as if we need to please God, but for the sake of love and care for the neighbor. And so that's hard to imagine too, because you think about as much as he's forgiven me, he's also forgiven them. Um, that 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 when we say it is finished, when Christ says this, and we say you are forgiven, somehow that is absolutely true, and it is, and He doesn't remember those sins anymore at all. And and it's very hard for us to understand, but it will be revealed when Christ returns. I mean, there's so much incomprehensible nature to it that that Hebrews is something I encourage you always to go back to because it reminds us of the the glory and the. Um, um, the the glory and the the love that's beyond comprehension of our God. Pastor, we have about two and a half minutes left here. How would you summarize this chapter, and what are your last thoughts? So, so here's the thing: we don't need to do anything. Uh, did did what, what seminary did you go to, Brady? Uh, why do you ask? 
<laughs> well, did, did you know Richard Klon from the St. Louis Seminary? I, I did not know him. I did go to St. Louis, okay. but I did not know him, no. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I had him just at, at the end of his retirement, and, and uh, I remember him saying in class, he said, you know, uh, justification by faith literally means you don't have to do anything. And, and you know, I was already pastor three or four years, and, and for, for some reason I never thought about that before. And, and I said to him, I said, you know, if I preach that, my people won't come to church next week. Right. right. <laughs> and, but then I realized, no, but that is actually the point. There literally is nothing that has to be done. No sacrifice at all. The once for all thing has been taken care of by Jesus Christ. Uh, now, the thing is, it's really hard for us to believe that because we see our inadequacies so clearly. So, people, this is why I want you to go to church Sunday, even if it's 9 o'clock. Come on, Brady. Can't you have like 10, 30, 11 o'clock? Well, whatever. Because there you're going to learn the truth that, no, God doesn't remember your sins. He loves you. You are forgiven. That's a fact. There's nothing you need to do for that. So quit. Throw all those burdens aside. Oh, you can't. They're going to bug you. I know how our conscience disturbs us, and the devil loves to stir that up. But know that the reality, see, that's the thing. That's the shade now, isn't it? That mm -hmm. devil who keeps coming and saying, well, you're not good enough. God can't love you the way you are. That's the shadow, because the reality is he does. In fact, the way you know that is because he died on the cross, as you pointed out earlier, for you. And the more we that that works in our hearts, then we'll we'll do the things. With in fact, we don't. What I loved about what you said earlier is we do them. We don't even know we're doing them. Isn't that right. true, Brady? Right. We didn't even know yeah. we did some good things, but we were, we were. So so on the other hand, if there's anyone listening to us to think they're already perfected, that think they don't need to make any sacrifices because they're so good. Oh man, are you in trouble? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and guess what? God still loves you, but He'll probably make every effort to show you. <laughs> that you have not reached perfection because there is no perfection apart from the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, also going to meet at Hogan Brothers this Friday in Northfield, Minnesota, giving us God's strong word from Hebrews chapter 10. Pastor Lekomsky, thank you again for being our guest. Thank you, Brady. Saints of our Lord, Jesus is the final once-for-all sacrifice. Don't try to justify yourself. Don't try to work off past indiscretions. No, bring your sins to Jesus, and by his cross, he will remember your sins no more. What a joy, and what a joy it is to be in his kingdom. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.